0: Financial advisor Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, September first, two thousand twenty three, and as you know, Monday's a holiday. Yay. I'm Steve Peasley on this program and podcast. I will pre- I will be providing useful data and my unbiased perspective on that devout data and all the information that's available to me through my computer systems and my pretty extensive reading, obviously. I love to read, so that's one of the things I do. Been doing it for 50 years, love doing this job. My objective is always to help you become a better investor. And I accomplish this, at least I try to accomplish this, by mixing in educational and actionable material to, 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 to you on today's environment that we're in, investment-wise, economic-wise. And I you know, read some interesting articles I want to share with you today, at least parts of those articles, and we'll be doing that. And uh, hopefully you will contribute because this show is driven by your calls, your calls, your comments, your questions. So remember to make them. I want to hear from you. Before I talk about today's market performance, I'm going to end and run down the, the plan show topic. So let's go ahead and listen to our first caller question. Yeah, this is
0: Jeff calling from Iowa. And I'd like to know what you guys think about Dollar General right now. I know their earnings uh, have been decreased over the last couple of periods. And I was wondering if you could take a look at their historical earnings and maybe you know, let us know what uh, a good
1: entry point is for Dollar General right now. Is it has the market overreacted, or uh, do you think it's going to drop even more? Thank you. I look forward to
0: hearing
2: your answer on the show. I appreciate everything you guys do.
1: Okay, uh, Dollar Dollar General, everybody. They operate uh, nineteen thousand plus stores located in forty-seven states, and they plan to uh, to uh, to. Open about a oh, thousand more, uh, and they—they've just recently, not too long ago, offered five hundred million in notes at five point two percent senior notes and bonds. That's what they're doing. Uh, their earnings fell; are going to fall this year. Uh, they rose last year to ten dollars sixty eight cents their last fiscal year. And next year they're going to have, make eight dollar sixteen cents. So that's the estimate. So twenty four percent fall, and then come back a little bit, in two thousand twenty five to nine dollars and thirty three cents. And it's a hundred thirty dollar stock. So at Ford PE is around fifteen, which is low on on the low end for them. For them, it's on the low end. But that is the average or approximately the average for the entire S P five hundred. The return equity is very good at forty one percent. Uh, dividends 1.8 percent not much there mutual funds are net sellers but very slowly management loans one percent and they do have a lot of debt because they're building out stores so they that costs them debt now as far as an entry point about a hundred and oh i'd say about 120 is about the best entry point you're going to get for a while let me go to a little longer uh chart maybe i can get a better yeah it, it can go down to a hundred but about 120 is the next stopping point they've been falling pretty steadily they they, they topped around 260 dollars, and now here they are at 130 and they've had a pretty bad week this week and it was all earnings missing the numbers so the question is is this a good place to buy well I like Dollar General, I think it's a good model, but it's an economically sensitive stock and i and it seems like it's flashing a weakness in the economy to me I think i i have no problem someone owning this company, but I do think I would wait for um i wait for it to stop falling because it's still falling also I'd want to t- check that debt out. is that debt going to be renewed? How low is how much cost is the debt today? versus the renewal because you know interest rates are really spiked and are they going to have to renew a lot of debt in the near future at much higher rates i would check that out that would be one of the things i want to know before i invested in the company okay we got a lot of ground to cover in the next 45 minutes everybody here's what i plan time permitting My focus point looks at how to calibrate your target savings rate, your personal target savings rate. You know, there's lots of rules of thumb, and we'll talk about those, but everybody's different. So we want to see if we can more focus on your goals and what's good for you, or at least learn how to do that. Okay, so that's going to be a a pretty major point we're going to talk about. I also want to talk about mortgage rates. they had a three-week low, you know. But is that cheap? Also, Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia oil exports fall sharply in August. They fall sharply in August. Why? Remember, that they with OPEC is trying to cut production, and they have. So why, why did their exports fall? And finally, Fidelity says a wall of corporate debt will cause a recession in 2024. At the same time, a lot of people are saying it looks like we're going to hit a soft landing. A lot of other pundits are saying that it looks like the Fed is engineering a soft landing. But Fidelity is not saying that. I want to explore that a little bit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The market itself today was mixed. The Dow was up 116 points. and Nasdaq down three. And the S&P up eight. So, broadly speaking, it's up a little bit. We've had a number... Good days for the market. But August was not a good month. It was kind of a weak month for the overall market. I also have some voice bank questions ready to play. Bond exposure, and someone wants to know about uh, Next Era Energy Inc. N E E. We'll talk about that. And since it's Friday, I will share some highlights from the KPP Premium newsletter, which I usually do on Fridays. And, um, you know, those are things we can talk about, and we're pretty full up. We usually are. I usually am full up. But you know, I—you're I, the one that drives the show with your phone calls and your questions. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Now, have you heard about the Invest Talk Classroom series? It is streaming now for free on our YouTube channel. The topic for episode five is how to invest in recessionary times. Kind of what. Fidelity is calling for next year recessionary time. He explores the question, "What is a recession as compared with a financial crisis?" And Justin Klein explains why it's important to invest, to investor, to not paint every recession with a broad brush. They're all different. Search Invest Talk Classroom. And now my phone lines are open. 99 chart.
3: Justin Klein talks about the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter.
2: I want to remind you that this is a time where you probably need some guidance and you're tuning in to try to get our view of the markets. And We only have an hour here and, and sometimes the way I distill each day can be maybe not enough, maybe not enough time. And so our premium newsletter is a great tool for especially newer investors, trying to learn some things.
3: The KPP Financial Premium Newsletter comes to your mailbox every Saturday.
2: Learn how to analyze the market, learn what the economic numbers mean, learn how to manage a portfolio, maybe get an idea of what are good companies to be at least looking at. Maybe you don't buy it today, but you should always have a watch list of companies that, hey, these are interesting, these have good businesses. And if they get to the right price, maybe I should buy them. So our newsletter is a great tool for that.
3: Subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. It's Antonio from Illinois. I was looking to see how to get bond exposure. Don't have
2: a lot of cash, but would like to get bond exposure. Thank you very much.
1: Well, for most people, uh, bond exposure is done, the easiest method is through exchange-traded funds, ETFs, where you can buy any uh, uh, type of bonds. You can buy corporate bonds, treasuries. You can buy short-term, intermediate-term, long-term, and you can mix and match. And it's it's as easy as buying a stock, but you're actually buying an ETF for bonds, which has a bunch of bonds inside it. And how much risk you take depends on how, you know, don't fall in love with return, the yield. If the yield is very, very high, that usually translates into more and more risk. And more and more risk, you know, in a bond portfolio means that high-risk bonds are junk bonds, and they're corporate junk bonds, okay? And you don't necessarily want to be in uh, all those types of bonds. That doesn't mean you can't have exposure to that. I'm just saying that that's where the risk is, and you know you can. What's nice about ETFs and buying bond ETFs is you can moderate the risk as much as you want. You can take very low risk, but you got to remember the lower risk you take, the lower the yield. But today's market, short-term treasuries pay you know three, four, five percent, four five percent really, not three. Or five percent, which is pretty decent in, compared to recent history, last ten years or whatever. Um, so you can get a pretty good return with taking very little risk, and I think exchange traded funds the best way to do that. You can also buy individual bonds, but then you have to buy a bunch of them, and you have to understand how to how to how the ratings work and how good are they are, and take a look at the fundamentals of the company that back the bonds. You know, it gets pretty complex. So, you know, and you probably get a little better return, but you got to work for that, and you got to understand what you're doing. My focus point looks at the story behind the lo- the headline, how to calibrate your target savings rate. You can hope investments will do all the heavy lifting on the road to retirement, but what you really need to do is take a close look at your budget in an effort to bump up your savings rate and reduce spending. You know, reducing, reducing your spending is the hardest thing for most people. They get a raise, they want to spend it. The more money they make, the more they spend. It's pretty common and very difficult for people to do that. Now, if you want to retire, you have to start with some goals. When do you want to retire? How much money do you need in retirement when it does come around? How do you figure that out? Now, you can always go by the rule of thumb, well, save 10% of your income, and that should be okay, but that's not necessarily so. You know, it depends, Uh, you know, if you start very young, the easier easier it is to reach a retirement goal, and 10% probably works, but if you're 45 years old, and you're just starting to think about retirement savings, you're already way behind, even at 10%, you need to save more. So it depends on your personal goals, where you are, and how much 10% really is of your income. Is it enough? Okay, so you first got to identify and prioritize your goals. What is it you want? You want a million dollars, okay, by the time you retire. Is that enough money to retire on? Well, doesn't that go to your spending? Well, how much are you going to spend? You know, I... I, I. And don't think you're just gonna automatically spend less because you're retired. That's not necessarily so. Okay? Then after you've decided on your and identified your goals and priorities, then you gotta quantify those goals. Actually, get down to the nitty-gritty. How many years left do I have to save money? How much money can I save per year? And what will be my return on my investments? depending on and what kind of risk I'm going to actually take on those investments to achieve a particular return, on and on and on. And most people need help with this. They really do. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's very important that you understand how money works. The earlier you start, earlier you start, you start in your 20s, the easier it is. It gets much easier if you start early. In your late 30s, early 40s, it gets much more difficult because you're you're shortchanging your time frame and you need time. The thing about the market, if you listen to Warren Buffett, it's not time in the market. It's time in the market. Time. Right now, I know for a fact that the Coca-Cola stock he bought 30 years ago, whatever, how many years ago, he still owns. And he makes more money every year on dividends than he paid for the stock. Way back then. Time in the market does that for you. Time in the market. Don't try to time it. Time in the market. Okay? Now you just got to understand the risks involved. It's okay. There are risks and you can manage risks. That's very possible and very doable. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on InvestTalk Bank. Or if you're listening live via the live stream or AM 1220 radio in Silicon Valley, call me now, 888 99Chart.
3: Every Invest Talk podcast is made better by your questions. So don't forget to call. And if you've never called, Justin and Steve are waiting now for your finance and investment questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin.
2: What are your thoughts on Next Era Energy? The stock symbol is N E E, Nancy Edward Edward. Seems to be really popular amongst all the, the
0: financial writers online, but wanted to see what your thought was for a long term hold with it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Next, year Energy is a utility, electric power sec- sector engaged in the generation, transmission, distribution, sale of electricity to 5.7 million customers in Florida. So it's a it's 135 billion dollar company, and it's in Florida. Okay, uh, they're going to make they're very steady in their income, very steady. Uh, Three dollars and forty-one cents next year. Three dollars and twelve cents this year. Two ninety last year. Two fifty-five per share the year before. Very steady. Eight nine percent growth in earnings every year. Pays a two point eight percent dividend, and sales growth has been you know pretty strong the last four or five quarters. So that those are all good things. The 4 P/E is twenty-one, and the five-year range is twenty-two to thirty-eight. So it's also at a pretty low. P.E. range okay. so where's the danger the the danger is you know uh, it has a pretty decent amount of debt a lot of utilities do have a lot of debt Um, uh, and that one of my biggest fears is it's in Florida there's a lot of hurricanes down there but they seem to be weathering that over the years pretty well the danger of hurricane season because it interrupts their earnings but they have been able to weather that very well. And it's really close to a good buy point here at $66.87 a share. Um, its high is like uh, 93. In 2021 and 2022, that was a high it reached. And the low in those two years is 68 and 67. Right now it's at 66.87. So it's really it's in that lower band of where it seems to stop falling. And the only reason why it should change is something untoward happens with the hurricane or we fall into an economic recession. recession. And, you know, that's always possible. But as far as a company, it's a very solid company. On Fridays, I generally take time for a quick rundown of key benchmark numbers. The two-year treasury yield is 4.86%. Man, that's a lot. Seventy six weeks ago seventy-six weeks ago is one point nine. Two years ago is 0.6 per remember, it's now paying four point eight percent per year. Ten year, four point one seven. Point four point one seven. And uh, eighty five weeks ago is one point seven two. So we have an inverted yield curve still, and that's always been an indicator of a recession problem is, is it's been that way for some time, and we're still not in a recession, but I don't I'm, it still makes me quite nervous, very nervous. Gold: 1941 dollars an ounce. it hasn't changed much in a long time. Uh, it was 1865, 30 weeks ago. Uh, 80 weeks ago, it was 1806, and now it's 1941. Not a big difference. Silver today is for 24 dollars and 19 cents and a year and a half ago it was $23.94 so 22 23 cents more that's not much there it's about 1% 2% difference in a year i don't know that's a, you know a year and a half oil $85.78 a barrel last week it was $80 so it we went up to 85 um 86 weeks ago, was $66.62 a barrel. So, national average of gasoline, $3.81. Um, if you're in California, it's $5.29. It seems to constantly you know, go up. Uh, it's pretty frustrating for us who live here in California. For comparison, Texas today, gas at the pump is $3.40 per gallon. Dollar nine cheaper per gallon than in California. Dollar nine. Now I could say because well, there's a lot of oil and a lot of drilling and stuff going in Texas, but that's not the only reason that it's much higher here. We got a very, um, I would say, a very hostile environment for oil development here in California, where Texas is not. It's a friendly environment for oil development. And that's one of the reasons. Plus, there's a lot more taxes here in California than in Texas. So that makes up. But yeah, you know, we it's just the way it is. I, I'm just reporting the news. Okay. 888 99 chart. Okay. Mortgage rates are a three week low. Now don't don't mistake that as thinking that mortgage rates are low. They're seven point four eight percent for a thirty year fix. It was seven point eight percent three weeks ago. So don't mistake it, it's cheap, okay? Now you can get it today, you can get as low as, just a tad over 7%, uh, according to Freddie Mac. There are banks out there that can just get a little over 7% for a 30-year fix, but that's the best you're going to get right now, the best, We're headed into a break, everybody. Justin Klein and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions. We want to, but of course, we love talking talking and taking live calls. Our number never changes. It never closes either. 888-99-CHART.
2: At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. Hacker One seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with Hacker One's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H A C K E R O N E dot com, HackerOne.com. hackerone.com. Each day,
3: Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi,
0: Justin and Steve. I'm Georgie, in New Jersey. What are your views on SoFi Industries, ticker symbol S-O-F-I? I'm looking to invest very long-term in the online financial industry. SoFi has taken a big beating in the recent market downturn, but growth looks good, and it's showing profitability. I'd enjoy hearing your views. Thank you for your educational and informative
2: show.
1: Okay, this is SoFi Technologies. S-O-F-I operates as a fintech uh, company that enables customers to meet financial independence to realize their ambitions. It's in the finance consumer loans sector. I see it not making money. It's going to lose a penny a share next year, but it's lots better than this year. It's losing 22 cents this year. It lost 40 cents last year, a dollar the year before. So it's growing and growing in the right direction. Sales growth is between 37 and almost 60% every quarter for the last two years. So it's doing very, very well. Uh, It's a growth company. So, since there is no earnings or projected earnings, negative cash flow of eighteen cents, everything is on speculation. It's an eight dollars seventy nine cents stock, and I see uh, several um, several uh, of the big financial houses have it uh, at around ten dollars to ten fifty per share. That's their projected uh, price target on it. And if they go keep going in the direction they're going, I don't doubt that that's going to be there. They they fell as far as almost what four dollars and twenty cents or so before they started up and they retested that four twenty uh, back in June happened December last this last year and then retested it in June and now it's at eight seventy nine so uh, it looks like it's coming off its bottom it looks like it's on an upward trend to me and so if you wanted to take a risk this would be a good uh, you know, a good bet. Mind you, if we go into recession or, you know, this, all bets are off because growth stocks really tank in a recession. That's Growth stocks always get hit the most. But on the other hand, when they come out of recession, they always run up the highest, the fastest. So, you know, that's why you only want to make a, a small part of your portfolio so, you know, it doesn't dominate what happens to your, your money. Okay? Okay. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Now I have a preview. In the market conditions section, Section uh, we explained that yesterday's yesterday marked the end of a mixed August with the Dow Jones Industrial dropping by about half a percent. The S&P 500 falling about, oh, about 0.16%. The Nasdaq Compositing rising point one percent on the day overall the month was pretty tough the sb500 had its worst performance since february dow jones since may and the nasdaq since november 22. nevertheless investors are optimistic as cooling economic data may be foreshadowing the end of interest rate hikes by the fed so as a side is the fed done with raising rates and have they gone too far Will it hurt the economy more, even if they stop raising rates? U.S. labor market data for August showed long-awaited signs of cooling, sparking optimism that the economy would see a soft landing. Key indicators include a spike in the unemployment rate tempered job growth and wage gains returning to pre-pandemic levels. Investors view this as a potential Goldilocks scenario where inflation remains controlled without causing a recession. That's called a soft landing. That's what the Fed is hoping for. Mind you, the Fed, and this is not in the newsletter, mind you, the Fed has never, uh, rarely achieved a soft landing. They either over-tighten or over-loosen. So the question is, did they over-tighten by raising rates too fast, too hard? Because it takes time for those higher interest rates to filter into the economy. Okay, back to the newsletter. It is important to note, however, that the economy is constantly in flux, and you cannot extrapolate one month of data and create a long-term trend. The housing market was as complex as ever in August. For the month, Realtor.com data revealed a continued shortage of homes for sale, with a 9.2% year-over-year decline in total listings. Despite higher mortgage rates, low inventory has prevented a significant impact on home prices. They haven't. Historically, September has been a bad month for markets as we learn more and more about how monetary moves have damaged economic growth. It is sensible to expect that the historical trend of choppiness in the back half of the year will continue. Of course, there's lots more commentary, more detail in the newsletter. In the stock ideas section, usually we give you two. One of them was one of the largest U.S. property and casualty insurers in the U.S. Personal auto policies represent the largest percentage of its overall revenue, but the company offers homeowners insurance and other insurance products. The company has been increasing prices on many of its policies, which should lead to improved underlying profitability. The stock has sold off significantly due to catastrophic losses and headwinds in personal autos. This pushed the company to a uh, 1.4 billion second quarter loss. However, insurance companies are expected to dramatically increase premiums, which will be very favorable for profitability. So, you out there expect your premiums to go up. The other stock idea, a global IT service provider offering consulting and outsourcing services to some of the world's largest enterprises, spanning the financial services, media, communications, healthcare, natural resources, and consumer products industries. The company employs nearly 300,000 people globally, and about 70% of whom are in India. This is an IT service provider. The company's traditional consulting business should deliver a greater proportion of overall revenue, strengthening the company's authority in digital IT and expanding profit margins. And of course, in the newsletter, we name names and give you symbols of which stocks we're talking about. We just can't do it over the air. So I've given you a sample teaser of our latest KPP premium newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email each Saturday, and they also get the Portfolio and Consumer Watch sections. Learn more and subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Let's take another caller question. This one came in earlier from Iowa.
2: Hi, this is Dan from Coeur Idaho, and I'd like to know what you guys think on Vermilion Energy. V-E-T, it's an exploration and production company out of Canada, but it has properties in many different places. I've got 10% of my portfolio in Exxon and a few percent in pipeline companies, but I wanted something that I could add to that that would be high risk and high reward. Thanks a lot. Love your show. Bye.
1: Okay. I need to apologize. I said Iowa and it's not Iowa. It's Idaho. So I'm sorry. Um, Engaged. Okay. Vermillion Energy, simple VET, engaged in the oil and gas exploration and development in Canada, Australia, France, Ireland, Germany, and U.S. It's a $2.5 billion company. They're going to make $3.56 a share this year after making $7.80 a share last year. That's a 50% cut. And I'm want to, I want to know why. Why did the earnings get cut so dramatically? Sales are falling the last two quarters. Is that why? Okay, they're going to make 4 next year. And based on that, looking forward, the PE, the stock is at $15 a share. So the PE is still pretty darn low. Okay, it pays a 1.8% dividend, not a lot of debt, return on equity is 48%, cash flow is very strong, very, very strong, at $11.94 a share. Okay, I'm not sure why management has hardly any ownership, but mutual funds have about 20% ownership, but they've cut that ownership by about 12%, 15% in the last year. Not sure why that's so too, but it does look like it, on a chart, it's hit a bottom around $11 a share, and now it's at 15 So it looks like on a chart that it's on its way up. Uh, and the value is still very good. I just don't like the fact they're not paying much of a dividend when their cash flow is so strong. I mean, 1.8% dividend on a $15 stock? I mean, why so low? I mean, if they paid a 5% dividend, if they paid a 5% dividend, they're going to make $4.04 next year? I mean, that that wouldn't be hardly – that's still very low payout ratio. Why is it so low? Anyway, that would be one of the questions I have in mind. I think the company is, is well run. But it, its earnings are kind of sporadic. Uh, it lost $9 a share in 2020, the COVID year. And then it's made money before that and after that. So, you know, I think it's a pretty solid company, but it's not it's not, not as stable as we'd like it to be for an energy company. But it got up to around $30 a share. Last year was $30 a share, 2022. 2022. That's 100% return from where it is today if it just goes back up there and it has that possibility. So consider that. Saudi Arabia experts fall sharply in August. And remember, Saudi Arabia is leading an, an effort uh, to reduce production. The OPEC, OPEC countries are all trying to reduce their production. And Saudi Arabia is leading the way... Um, they want to keep the prices high. Obviously, Saudi Arabia pumped 5.6 million barrels a day, but lowered lower uh, uh, the lo- lowest. They- that's the lowest they've been since 321. So that's a pretty low amount. Chinese demand is lackluster. Both to China is down 1.3 million million barrels a day. Okay, and even here in the United States, demand has fallen. Westward, west, all Western westward uh, demands had fallen. Europe, US, so they're trying to. I mean, it's the smallest demand since the last six years. So Saudi Arabia and OPEC are trying to keep the prices up, and they are still pretty high when they normally would not be this high. What happens when demand starts increasing and everybody gets off, uh, especially in China and in Europe, when they get off this recession thing that's spat, that's hitting them? Does that mean that oil is going to go back up to $100 a barrel or more? Well, if they can control the number of barrels being pumped, yeah, that could very easily happen. See, we're dependent on the foreign oil. We don't have to be, but we are. So, therefore, we're dependent on on mm. the huge price, and that's going to hurt our economy. Because remember, most people still are driving their cars. They don't have electric cars. Yeah, electric cars are expanding fast, and I, they probably will continue to do so. I, I hope they do. I think they will. But we're still going to be dependent on oil for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So don't think it's just going to all of a sudden dry up not going to happen the demand is not going to dry up not going to happen okay we started september the last month of the third quarter so the year is moving pretty fast so september be gone before you know it so serious investors need to be able to adjust their thinking and strategies times change all the time so we need to think, now, is the Federal Reserve going to stop raising rates? Or are they going to start reducing rates? Is the economy – all these questions have to be answered in what you do with your portfolio. We're not talking about huge amounts of change in what you should do with your portfolio, but you do have to identify philosophically and, and, and realistically what's going on and how to adjust your portfolio to meet the new reality. It's just the way it is. So we do that here at KPP Financial. We'll do that for you. We follow a philosophy of independent thinking, share success, meaning we do our own work. We don't copy or buy someone else's stock ideas. We come up with our own. And we also buy and sell the same stocks for us as we do for our clients. Okay? We call it parallel investing. So we provide unbiased guidance and we practice what we preach. We put our money where our mouth is. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment that we do via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. We do it all the time. You can send us a message through investtalk.com or call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. I think after speaking with uh, Justin or one of the other guys in the office, I think you'll find us very... Uh, very accommodating we want to help people yes we want to manage your money yeah that's that's true but we we our primary goal is to help to help you understand what's going on help you achieve your financial goal yeah, everybody wants financial freedom everybody i do everybody does this is invest talk i'm steve peasing we have one goal here and it's the same goal i just mentioned find to achieve financial freedom and of course, we will continue this work right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 99Chart.
3: You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, so get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk. Eight 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 ninety nine chart.
1: Very impressed with all the information and knowledge that you share on the show. I have a question about the stock called Rio Tinto. Stock ticker symbol is RIO. It looks to be decently priced, seems pretty safe, though I'm not sure about what future prospects for this sector might look like. But in this scenario and in this investing environment, what do you think about taking a position in the stock? And I'm thinking of holding it in my Roth IRA, specifically for the dividend and, you know, a little bit of growth that might come with it. So thank you for all that you do, and would uh, love to hear your answer on the show. Thank you. Actually, I think it's a good company to have in your portfolio uh, because I like the dividend, Rio Tinto, RIO. Uh, it's a UK-based company with uh, global interest in mining metals and industrial minerals which I think is a pretty good sector for the future. They pay a 6.3% dividend. They have return equity at 24%. Those are really good numbers. Cash flows are also very strong at $10.42. It's a $63 stock, and they could easily pay the dividend. It takes up about 50% of the earnings per share. And I like to keep the dividend pay ratio under 60, so it meets that. The only little negative I have is that earnings have been falling about 10 to 15% every quarter for the last almost two years now. Not because they're selling less. It's because the prices have gone down. But I don't think prices are going to stay depressed forever, especially if economies tick up in the next year or two or three. If you have patience, you will get capital appreciation, plus you will constantly get that dividend. And I really like the dividend. It's a $103 billion company, so it's not going anywhere. Okay? So I kind of like it. RIO is the symbol. Okay, Fidelity says, a wall of corporate debt will cause a recession in 2024. Now, other pundits, the majority of pundits, don't think so. But I think we should listen to their argument as to why they think that. And they're talking about debt. And what they're talking about is corporate debt that's going to be being refinanced from 3 to 4% to 6%, 8 9% going forward. When this debt, remember all the corporations were borrowing money when it was real cheap. Money was cheap. They were borrowing lots of it because it was so cheap. Well, guess what? That money is cheap, cheap no longer. And if they can't pay off the debt, they have to refinance it, and it's going to cost them two, three times more than they were paying for it before. There's where fidelity is hanging their head on the possible recession. They're refinancing at much higher debt costs. Remember, rest of Wall Street seems to be backing off their recession calls and predicting a soft landing. So who's going to be right? And you know what? I don't know. I mean, you know, my guess is as good as yours. Um, I, I'm a little more concerned about recession because of the debt. I think that's a very valid point, and that's why I bring it up here because I do think it's a strong point in the favor. And I also think the Fed has gone too far in raising rates. I think they I think they probably one or two rates too far. I mean, try to remember, when the Fed increases rates or decreases rate, it takes months. For that rate to filter through into the economy, months, sometimes a year, to filter through into the economy. And think about how far they pushed down rates and what the banks did, what the corporations did uh, to to banks lend that money out at cheap rates and corporations to borrow that at cheap rates. And then think about this one other item that I've talked about many times, and that is vacancy rates at commercial properties office buildings especially vacancy rates because people don't want to go back to work or you know or for whatever they're working from home and that's going to cause even more pressure on delinquent loans and the banks will be affected with delinquent loans and we're already having problems with some of our banks they're not Not that visible, but it could be any time. Remember, we had three banks go out at one time pretty quickly this this year. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And please sure to review and rate us if you do get your downloads from iTunes. We appreciate it. We're at 55.3 million downloads. That's a lot. I never would have guessed we would get that many, 55.3 million. Anyways, well, I want to tell you that we do appreciate it a lot. Thank you. We have a new best of caller question ready for download on Monday because we're out of a holiday. The market will be closed for Labor Day. Independent thinking, share of success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial